Welcome back to another episode of Rewilding for Women, where we talk about soul path. We talk about awakening. We explore the feminine path of spirituality. We talk about not just spiritual practices and meditations, but we talk about the physical, real world things um, that come up, that arise on this path, how to support your awakening, how to walk um, in this world from a soul-based place. All right, I'm your host, Sabrina Lynn, founder of Rewilding for Women. It is my great pleasure to bring you this episode where we discuss no's, <laughs> where we discuss deeper truths around where we're compromising our soul path, where we're compromising our guidance, where we're compromising our knowings. Where are we doing it? Who are we doing it with? When do we do it? Right? It's, it's that. And it's going beyond just the mental realm. It's, it's really asking a lot of questions. It's a pretty experiential podcast, to be honest. There's a lot of questions. So if you want to get a piece of paper and a pen to write them down while you're listening or write them on your phone, whatever, um, it's a great way to start to touch into some of these places where we're sabotaging ourselves and we don't even know it, where we're coming out of alignment, out of flow, and we don't even know it. That's the aim of this particular episode. It's recorded live in our Facebook group. If you've never been on a live, come and join us. They're video, it's a Facebook live, everyone's commenting, there's a bunch of women who are there, the energy is different, the vibe is beautiful. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And you can do that, just go to our website. Everything is on our website, rewildingforwomen.com. Up at the top, you'll see free FB group. That's where these get recorded. You'll also see inner circle. That's where we do the deep dive to support what it is that we're talking about. So this is the practices that we go into the depths of self, do the alchemical work to shift all of these things that we're talking about that are expressed in, in life, in real world. Like why do we not have soul stamina? Why are we not... Why are we not following our soul path? What, 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 how, how do we shift that wiring? How do we shift that deep internal wiring so it's not an effort? It just becomes effortless. I'm, I'm free to follow my soul. I'm free to do that. I don't compromise myself or my soul path. Um, anyways, that's Inner Circle. Click on that link on our website and you'll find it. Also, if you're not a subscriber, we always send out notifications when we're going live, notifications of new stuff. We send out discounts and fun little things and specials and astrology reports. So the astrology report that I talk about on the eclipse in this podcast is actually coming out in a couple days and all of our subscribers get it. It's the only place you can find it. Okay, so much love to you and enjoy this episode. Before I dive into astrology and then into today's topic which is about the feminine owning her no right it's it's owning the no but here's the thing here's the kicker it's owning the no with an open heart right we've talked about this here and there a little bit in some of our in-person workshops we've talked about it in inner circle we've talked about it a little bit and it's one of those topics where 
we are like just starting to touch into it. And that's what I want to open this discussion up to today. I want to, I want us to communicate with each other. So for those of you who are on the live to really like feel into what this brings up for you to share, um, what it's kind of bringing up, how this relates to you, because here's the thing. And I talk about this all of the time, but these topics, these energies, these archetypes, all of these different things that we talk about and that we do these themes, they will do something very, very different for you than they will for me or for the next woman sitting, sitting beside you in circle. What it brings you to is what's important, not what my interpretation is or what the woman next to you's interpretation is of it. So it's, it's, it's owning what this uniquely does for us. So let's breathe into that for a moment before we go into anything. Let's just breathe into ourselves and kind of hold that intention of, all right, I'm going to walk into this circle. I'm going to walk into this discussion really holding my uniqueness, really honoring my uniqueness, really allowing and being open to different things arising, maybe things I haven't seen before. Now, this is how this relates to the eclipse that's happening. So I promise we would talk a tiny little bit about the eclipse because I feel like we're already getting pulled into the energy. Um, so a tiny little bit about the eclipse. By the way, if this is your first live, I want to give you a huge shout out or your first time listening to the podcast, huge shout out. Welcome to Circle Sister. If you want to leave a comment on the live, that's beautiful. Um, we'd love to hear from you. For those of you who are here every week or here when you can make it, thank you for co-creating this space. Okay, now let's talk about this eclipse energy. So why I, why I share that with regards to what we're about to go into which again is that feminine no, really honoring our truths, honoring our truths, standing in our truths, and that not being persuaded, um, not falling off or falling out of alignment because of someone else's influence on us, someone else's desire, someone else's wants, someone else's needs, someone else's emotions, right? This is big. So why, why is this important during eclipse season? This is always important, but the beautiful thing about right now is eclipse energy always allows us to see that which is hidden. Always, 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 always. No matter what the specifics are of the eclipse, and I won't talk about that, I'm gonna send a newsletter out about that in a couple of days. So if you're a subscriber, perfect, you'll get the newsletter and you'll hear all about the astrology. But Eclipse energy will always reveal a deeper level of the hidden within. We could call it shadow. I don't really like that word. I think there's a lot of connotations to that, but it's, it allows us to see that which is hidden. So how this relates to this topic, there's also some other astrology points that help, but I'm not going to talk about that because I want to really um, take us into this topic is Again, how it relates to that is um, we're able to see things that we would not normally be able to see. We're able to go into places within self that we would not normally be able to go into. Does that make sense? So it's like being in normal waking consciousness. 
and you're not able to access deep layers of the psyche when you're making out your grocery list and you're running around cleaning the house, taking care of the babies, thinking about doing the dishes, right? Like you're not able to access, the, the, the attention channel hasn't been turned to that space. What Eclipse does is it kind of opens a door to that space of the hidden. So it's a great time to be paying attention to dreams. It's a great time to be paying attention to what's coming up, what's bubbling up from the hidden realms of self. It's a great time to do practices. So we don't just have to be doing this stuff in our sleep, tapping into the deeper, more unconscious, more hidden realms of self. We can do practices around them. And that's what a lot of what we do at Rewilding. So let me talk a little bit. Um, no, let's not do anything else. Let's start to dive into this. So I would love for your participation in this. So those of you who are live, I would love to hear comments. I would love to hear your experiences of this because to me it feels like we are on the cutting edge of shifting this. We are shifting this. We are shifting this ability. What am I talking about, right? You're like, what? What are we shifting? This ability for the feminine to stand in feminine, in our wholeness, in our allness, saying no. And now if you get tripped up on the words feminine and masculine, scratch that, get rid of it, just throw it out because it might be confusing and you might be like, bah, that's just a framework, throw it out. Here's, here's what I'm talking about. And I'm gonna ask you this question straight up and you feel into your own truth on this. How well can you keep an open heart, an open body, stay in a very loving place and say no? Right? How, how much can you stay connected to emotions stay connected to our ability to sense into everything and say no? Or does the armor have to come up? Do you have to shut your heart? Do you have to shut your womb and your yoni in order to say no? Does your no come with guilt? That's a, that's a big one. Does your no come with guilt? Does your no come with shame? Does your no come with feelings of, 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 I'm not even sure if I have any other words other than guilt and shame, right? So, so here's another question. This is going to be very, very contemplative. Who in your world can you easily say no to in full love? Like you are full love, they're in front of you, you fully love them, and you can say no to them. You can say, no, no, I'm not interested in doing that. No, that doesn't feel right for me. No, that's not an alignment. No, no, no. And you can stay with a very open, open body. So just feel into who are those people? Who, who are those people? Becca, I love this comment. That freaks my system out. <laughs> um, Emily, I love that too. No comes with fear and anxiety, armor to be broken down. And it's all, it's gonna be so different for each of us. That's why I think this topic is a little bit like scraggly for me to try to get through because it's so, so, so different. Erin, I love this, my daughter. And that's exactly what I was thinking in my mind is our, our children are oftentimes 
a very, very beautiful example of you can say no to them and you know you're saying no and it's in their highest good. It's in their highest good, it's in your highest good. You're staying completely open and you're loving this being. But you're saying no. And you're not saying no in a scathing, hurtful, it's your child. You're loving your child, but no. No, I will not do that. No, you cannot. No, I will not allow it, right? And we have a very different relationship with our children. But now, um, Jane, I love it. This is so charged for me. So now, we're feeling into those who we find it very, very easy to say no to. Very easy to hold our alignment. So very easy to keep our hearts open. Very easy to hold our alignment. Hold our deepest truths and say no. Now here's the next question. Who in your life do you find it hard to do that with? Where is it hard? With who? Who? Who is it hard to do that with? Mom, dad, family, other family members, partner, boss, who? Who is it hard? Where do you find it very, like the most challenging place in your life where you, it either comes with guilt, right? Your no comes with guilt or your no comes with, um, or you're not able to say a no. You want to say no, no, that's not in alignment. But you say yes, or you cave, or you falter, or you compromise, right? We're talking about compromising our deepest truths, compromising our deepest, deepest truths. And I'm, I'm just gonna read some of these out. Um, I often say no, but judge myself afterwards. My ex, um, my daughter's dad, my former healer, Becca, I love that you touched on that one. That's beautiful. Teachers, mentors, these guru type things. Uh, that's a really, really, really beautiful one. Um, uh, loving relationships with my dad, family members, my father, younger sister, saying no to friends, work professionally. Uh, I do say no, but instantly feel like shit after. Like, I hear you, woman. My boss, everyone, honestly. Carly, heck yeah, sister, for saying that. It's always hard, loads of guilt. Everything comes with guilt. I told my daughter, me too, um, so challenging at work, friends um, and acquaintances due to fear of rejection. Emily, I love that comment. Um, this is something for us to reflect on. This is something for us to get real with ourselves about. It is something for us to possibly, I'll give you some ideas and you feel into what resonates with you and what feels right for you, but possibly making a list, a list all of the people in your life who you feel you can stand in your soul's truth, your deepest truth, and you can say no to, right? And maybe it's not even about saying no, just those who you can be around and stand in your soul truth, right? That's, that's one list to make. Who, who are, and I talk about this all of the time, who are your soul friends, soul support? So they're holding and nurturing your highest good all of the time. Yeah, they'll fumble and they'll screw up sometimes and blah, 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 we're all human. But for a good portion of the time, what they care about is your soul. Not, not their own desires, not what they want of you, not the projections that they're putting on you, not their expectations, not their da 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 all of that stuff, right? It's someone who nurtures your soul. 
who are those people? And if you don't have some, start finding some. You will find them, right? I watch women come into these places and workshops all of the time. They are, they are developing these soul relationships, these soul friendships. So it's just being in those spaces where other women are creating those relationships, looking to create those relationships, where we're all on this like similar path of, of, yes, it's time for me to stand in my allness. It's time for me to stand in my fullness. And I want to surround myself with people that support that. Right? Right? I talk about this. Um, no, I actually don't want to go into that. I want to go back to this list thing. So that's one list. Now write a list of who's got serious influence on you. Who? Who? Who has serious influence on your life? Right? Who are you compromising for? Who are you caving in for? Who are you saying yes to when you want to say no? Who? 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 Write that list. Who's popping to mind? Let it just come. Let them come fast. Let them come furious. Right? No judging. So there's no judging in who comes. This is about you being real with yourself. This is about you being honest with yourself, not protecting them, not hiding them. You're not protecting them. Stop protecting them. Part of our reason that we do not say no when we need to is because we're protecting them from something. We're or we're protecting our precious little fears around safety and security, or our precious little fears around being accepted, our precious little fears, all of those precious, right? So we're either protecting their precious little fears, we're protecting their emotions. How often are you catering to someone's emotions and you actually compromise your soul truth because of someone else's emotions? because you don't want them to feel bad. You don't want them to feel sad. You don't want them to feel hurt. You don't wanna be the cause of their hurt. So you take it on. You hurt yourself. You hurt your soul. You hurt your heart. You, you deny your deepest truths because you don't wanna hurt them. How often? How often? Where? When? What areas of your life? What people in your life? These are things that we have to get real about. If we're on this path of awakening, we're on this path of knowing thyself, we're on this path of stepping into our fullness, our allness, everything that we came here to do, these are things that we have to get very, very, very clear about, very honest about, very real about, and we've got to shift them. We've got to shift them, right? Have to, have to. You cannot come into soul alignment. You cannot come into soul alignment without shifting that. Something that I want to talk a little bit about is there's a couple of different places in our lives where this is often a very prominent theme where we, are, we find it very hard to stay in soul alignment. Like when women come to rewilding, women in mystery school, women in inner circle who are, who are communicating and connecting and, and you're in circle and it's like, wow, wow, I can be in soul alignment here. I, I, I can just be me, all parts of me are love. There's, there's no judgment, right? I'm, I'm able to step, I'm able to follow my soul as wild as that might be, I'm able to follow my soul. And you've probably got a lot of other places in your life or different places in your life where feel that support 
And then there are other places in your life where it's challenging. And that's what I want to talk about now. One is family patterns. One is family dynamics. One is family energy. Family, 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 family. I was speaking um, with a woman who's, who's going to train for rewilding as a facilitator to rewild. She's been doing this for years. She's beautiful and amazing. And her and I were just having a chat about family and the unconscious influence our family energetics have on us, right? And kind of how I was thinking about it or how it feels to me is, you know how they talk about genes and DNA and how you have a certain gene, maybe you have the gene, this is the, the, the gene for breast cancer, but it doesn't get turned on. So you don't actually end up expressing breast cancer because that gene in you just doesn't get turned on. But that gene maybe in your sister got flipped on and she ended up getting breast cancer. So the gene's the same, but it's like the light switch gets flipped on and then it gets outwardly expressed in some. So how family dynamics feel to me is, and how it feels to a lot of other women, because we've talked about this, is when we spend time in our family patterns, certain, gene, certain energetics get switched on in us that maybe aren't necessarily true to our souls, true to our highest expression. And I think we need to do a whole podcast topic on families um, and family dynamics and family patternings. But just feel into that for a moment. So feel into what gets expressed when you're with your family that does not feel like soul truth, that does not feel like your highest self. Um, I like this, Becca, dormant or activated, right? Dormant or activated. So it, it, around families, right? Where, and, and then how does that influence your life, right? So, so how does that influence the choices that you're making? How does that bring up fears in you? How does that, you know, I have a friend who um, his, his mom says to him, aren't you embarrassed of yourself? Aren't you embarrassed that you don't have a wife and have children? Aren't you embarrassed? Because that is their deep, 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 deep family patterning. Aren't you embarrassed of yourself that you do not have a wife, children, home, family yet? Now, what if that's not his sole truth? What if that's not his sole truth? But he's just adopted that. He's said yes to that family DNA wiring. But it's actually not at all in his highest expression on this planet, right? So feeling into that for yourself, I'm giving you examples for you to feel into. This is about you. So you feeling into what is coming up for you, right? So family patterning is one of them. And I think we'll do a, an entire podcast on that. The next one that I want to talk about is with regards to our relationship to the masculine, to men. I know this could get really, um, uh, I don't even know, really wild and really scathing and, and we could go into some serious angry patterns and um, I'm not, I don't want to. I don't want to go into this from that place. If those emotions arise, hell yeah, sister, find good spaces to get that stuff out, right? Um, I want to talk about this from a very high place. 
So imagining you're taking yourself to a very high vibratory place as we walk into this. We are talking about this from a high, high, high place, right? Not down in the murky murk, the pits of despair, the oh, woe is me. We as women have been abused and, and it's been horrible for years. I don't want to talk about this from that. I, val- I honor that, I honor those emotions, I honor those opinions, I honor that. That stuff is part of the rubble in our systems to, to be expressed out, but that's not the space I wanna hold here in a podcast. We, we can't properly go into things like that on a podcast. It just doesn't fucking work. We need safe space, we need good boundaries, we need a lot of sacredness to go into those places. So here's how I wanna talk about it from a really high standpoint. So feel your place there before we walk into this. Breathe yourself to that really high standpoint. But here's the question to get really real with yourself about is, are there men in your life? Is there, like what we're kind of looking for here is a pattern. Are there men in your life who you find their influence to be really strong? They're they're just, there might be partners, fathers, brothers, uh, bosses, something along those lines where you're looking for their approval. You're wanting, there's a couple of different things here, so I'm gonna rattle a lot of things off. You feel what hits you, what triggers you, what sets you off, what brings about some sort of thought. What we're doing is I'm giving you a lot of different places to go into to access to feel. So. Are there men where you're looking for their approval? There, there could be women too, but I wanna stick on this like masculine thing, this, this theme here. So are there men, you, you, you want their approval, so you almost like morph into what they're desiring, what they will find attractive, or what they will approve of, right? So just feeling that, now that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. That's part of what polarity is. When it's bad is when we're compromising our soul. What's bad is when we're compromising our deepest truths to do that. What's bad is when we're hurting ourselves in order to get that approval, to get that acceptance. And actually, that's not at all attractive for them. Um, on very, very deep, deep levels, we all know everything. So if there is a man, any man, doesn't matter if he's your partner or father or whatever, and he feels you compromising yourself, there is a part, a level of him that that is not attractive for, right? Unless he's coming from that distorted power hungry, you know, I just want to overpower you and I think this is super attractive, but that's, that's low level, that's toxic masculinity, right? Now we're talking about like toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. Right? This, this is the equivalent to the toxic masculinity is this toxic femininity, right? Okay, breathe that, right? We're staying at that high place, letting emotions come up, letting whatever come up, you know, honoring it, feeling it, knowing it's there. Now, same theme, we're still feeling into this masculine, right? We're still feeling into the men in our lives. Now, where do you compromise a truth in order to not let him feel bad. And I'm using that in a very generic term. Let me get a little bit more specific on that. You don't want him to feel rejected. This is a big one. This is a big one. And it is deep in our psyche. It's deep in the feminine energetics. You don't 
want him to feel rejected or feel bad about himself or feel like less of a man, right? This comes back to all the times when we say yes to some sort of a, a sexual expression when we really want to say no, right? It's when we say yes to going on a date when we really don't want to go on a date. It's when we, right, we say yes to our husband because I don't want him to feel bad. I don't want him to feel less of a man. I don't want him to feel, right, this is a big one. This is a big one and it takes, it takes guts to feel this. It takes, here's where it really takes guts. It's very easy to feel that and go, you son of a bitch, right? It's very easy to feel that and go, you asshole. Here's where it takes guts. You're choosing that. We're choosing that. I'm choosing his feelings over my truth. I'm choosing to make him feel okay and like a man and safe and attractive and desirable and powerful and smart and all of those other things over my own truth. We're choosing that. We, we, we have to own that, right? This is where it takes guts and it takes courage for us to see the hidden parts of self. We're creating those dynamics. Yes, they're being co-created, but we're creating those dynamics. We're in, we're, we're in a way magnetizing that, right? That, that's, it, it's wild. Can you, can you feel this? And it's not just with men. So I'm using that as an example of something for us to feel into, but, um, but it's not always just with men. So where else do you hold someone's feelings over your own? And this might be every single person in your life. This might be every, every woman in your life, every man in your life, but maybe your child. It might even be your child. And, and these are hard things to see about ourselves. These are hard things to see, right? When we see like, oh my God, I have been compromising my truth with my partner, my whole relationship. Oh my God, these dynamics are with my mother-in-law, my father, my sister, wh wherever. These are, these hurt. And for anybody who's here listening, I just want to say, I feel you and I can relate. I know this place. I know this place. I don't think that there is a person on this planet who doesn't know this place, especially as the feminine, especially as those of us who embody feminine energetics, whether it be man, woman, straight, gay, I don't care. It's not about that, but it's, this is one of those real places within the feminine, really deeply hidden um, psychic patterns, karmic patterns within, held within the feminine. Um, and it's real and it's wild when we start to see them. Um, I'm, Oh no, what did I do? Okay, 
I think I just hit the comment button. So I had no idea that I could actually leave comments um, on a live that I'm broadcasting. So that was wild. Um, okay, we have an inner circle workshop happening after this. So we're actually gonna go into these dynamics with the archetype of Hygieia. So for those of you who are members of inner circle, we're gonna do practices on this in about 30 minutes. For those of you who are here live, we're gonna open up to questions in a minute. So if you want to start coming up with questions, I'd love to answer a couple of questions. If you just could write three question marks at the start and then your question after that helps me to decipher through the comments. Um, for those of you who feel like, whoa, I might really want to explore this theme. I feel like I would like to do some practices around this particular theme. That's what we're doing in Inner Circle. And Inner Circle is open. You can join right now, and you can get in by the time we do that live workshop in 30 minutes. Um, don't worry if you can't make it. Everything's recorded and in your members area. So that's just an option. Kelly, I think if you could put the link, I know someone asked for that last time, um, that would be amazing. Uh, so that's just an opportunity. If that feels right for you, um, it'd be beautiful to go into the workshop with you on this particular topic. So we're gonna work on those. And this is what I'm gonna to say to everybody here, whether you're an inner circle or not, whether you're doing rewilding practices or some other practices, here's my advice on how to get into this. Find practices that will take you beyond the mind. Find practices, it's like finding a practice that, you know, it's like a weed, right? Like you, you can kind of see these like old patterns as weeds. And if you just take a lawnmower and you just mow over the weed, the weed's coming back, right? And that to me is kind of like the chatting about things in the mental realm. You know, it's like a weed, we can cut it down, we can write these lists, we can do mantras, we can write lists, and which are beautiful practices, do not get me wrong. I, I love, these are beautiful practices. But if you can find an alchemical, deep diving way to get down to the root, of that weed and pull it out, right? The, the root of these really deep, oftentimes very, very unconscious patterns, it's an entirely different ball game, right? It's, it's not the struggling up against this unconscious pattern, right? And you have to, you have to work so freaking hard, right? You have, to, you have to be so regimented about everything so that you don't slip into the old pattern. That's a beautiful practice too, but when you go for the root, it's just, it's, it's that you're liberated from it versus having to continually mow the lawn, mow the lawn, mow the lawn, mow the lawn, go for the root. So finding things that resonate with you, things that, that doorways, this is probably a great way to say it, doorways that will allow you to get in deep, right? For some of us, it's shamanic practices. For some of us, it's archetypal practices, right? That's, for some of us, it's other types of practices. For some of us, it's rewilding practices that get you in deep, right? So doing both, you know, like giving the mind some food, which is what we've done here in the podcast, Give it, giving us things to think about on a mental realm. We're still on only this layer. That we're just on this layer of it. So find the things that get you into the deeper layers, the deeper layers of things. Okay, so I'm gonna go to some questions now. Um, 
Oh, uh, I think I just answered that one, Jenny. Um, so Jenny asks, how do we change a pattern that is so ingrained in us, especially if it's compromising ourselves? And I can't see our, ourselves. I've been struggling to change these patterns. So Jenny, it's that. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I need to talk too much more about that. I want to save. Just find practices, sister. Find the practices that, that get you into those deep places. Find the practices that take you beyond the mental realm. Find the practices that are aligned with the sacred, right? When you start working with Shakti and you start working with divine energy, doing these deep diving practices, it's a whole different ballgame. It's, it's a whole different ballgame. Um, takes you to different places and the, the rate at which it works is a completely different, uh, completely different place. I love how James Finley talks about I love James Finley, by the way. He's amazing. Um, you can do a Google search on, search on him. I just, I love him. You might find him dry and boring as batshit, um, but I love him. He does the Catholic mystics. And he's also a psychotherapist who had a very, very traumatic childhood. And he's done a book. Here's a good, here's a resource that I can share with you all. Um, Carolyn Mace and James Finley did an audio program called, like, Elise, you'll know this. Elise, if you can leave a comment, that would be amazing because Elise has listened to this audiobook. I actually recommend every single woman who ever is training for rewilding facilitation to read this book. Um, anyone who's in mystery school, this is a great book to read when you start to step into facilitating. But what, what it's called is something along the lines of like the spiritual healing to deep traumas. And this answers, I think, Emily's question as well. So Emily, I'm sort of talking to you too, sister. Um, I don't know where your question went, but I did see your question about how do you know the difference between deep traumas and soul alignment, deep trauma reactions and soul alignment truths. And that's a great question. Um, and I love, I, I just recommend that resource um, that Carolyn Mason, James Finley do on the, the traumas and healing traumas. And what, what they will both say is the healing of a trauma when you, um, when you walk into it with the divine involved is really legitimately the only way to heal a trauma. It's, it's really the only way to liberate yourself from that trauma. Now, it, it, look, that's, their, that's their theory. That's what this book is based on um, or this audio program is based on. I'm not, I'm not holding to that. I, don't blow me up for that. That's their kind of what they're talking about. Um, but I've witnessed the potency uh, and how different things are um, for, for anyone when they combine not just psychotherapy, but they combine psychotherapy with spirituality, with authentic, right, shakti, right? When you invite the divine into the process, that's why AA works so well, because you're actually inviting the divine into the process. That, that's why it's so amazing. So um, that's just a little bit something to answer um, uh, some of the questions here. I love this question, Suda. What does the masculine fear about the feminine? Um, there's a lot of different things, but I'll just share with you the first one that comes to mind. So I've done men's workshops, I do men and women's workshops. There's one coming up in Australia, actually. So if you want to work with men in a really big way or you want to bring your man, that's a great workshop to bring them to. There's a lot of magic that happens in men and women's workshops. Um, they are very, very close to my heart because of the amount of love and magic and and polarity that happens in those workshops. Um, what does the masculine fear about the feminine? Um, <clears throat> the raw power of the feminine. The masculine fears the raw power of the feminine. Uh, the feminine's like weather. 
Uh, and <laughs> I think, I don't remember what teacher or who it was that talked about the feminine as uh, like the ocean. And actually, there's a lot of men in my life that will talk about the feminine like the ocean. Of the feminine is the ocean, totally unpredictable. She can destroy you in any moment because she has such sheer amount of power. Now, are most of us open to all of that power? No, no, we're not. It leaks out in emotional outrages. It leaks out in certain places. But most of us have not fully opened to the amount of power that we have. Like that's Shakti. That's life force itself. So when you think about the feminine, it's pure life force, right? And the fullness of her spectrum is sometimes I will obliterate everything here, right? It's like a tsunami is coming. How many of you can relate to that? Like you actually bring in the tsunami. It's not a clean tsunami oftentimes because we haven't done the work to properly express a clean tsunami that is in everybody's highest good. Those are possible and those are amazing. Those are like gifts of the dark goddess is clean tsunamis like wielding a clean Kali sword, that's like a no, because it's in your highest good, right? Can you feel that? Like, no, I will not let you act less than what you are capable of. I know you are more than this, and I will not accept this expression, right? <coughs> I think I need to get my voice ready for this weekend. Um, <coughs> there's a workshop. <coughs> I really need to figure that, figure that out. So it's a love no. It's a raw, powerful love no. But, but what men are scared of is, is the sheer force of the feminine and also the, the unpredictability of the feminine. So it's like, and most of us are actually totally shit scared of that. So not even just men, but also women. Like how fully can you trust? How fully can you surrender? Because if you were to actually tap into how the divine works, how Shakti flows and works and moves, everything changes this fast. Everything. The whole of everything changes that fast. There were a billion decisions made in that second. A billion. The whole of the world just changed. But to follow the energy to that degree, right? with that much trust and that much surrender is really, really, really uncomfortable for a lot of people because we love logic, we love plans, we have these five-year plans for things, right? We, we love routine, we love consistency, we love plans, not that those things are bad, but when you start to really open to the feminine, right? When you open to your feminine, how quick do your moods change, right? How quick you can be roaring and angry at your man for one moment or your woman, right? Your partner for a moment. And then somebody shows up at the door, it's your neighbor. And you get to the door and you're like, Sally Joe, woman, how are you? Shane's good to see you. And you are fully in that. You are fully, gloriously happy, totally open, totally love-filled. You are so excited to see this woman. She leaves, you turn around and you're like, die, right? <laughs> And that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. So that's just something else um, that uh, the masculine is, is terrified of. Also our influence on the masculine. So how attracted the masculine is to us. That's oftentimes why men objectify so that they are not giving up their power. So men will give up their power, and you can feel into this too, men will give up their power out of wanting to attract the feminine, out of wanting to please the feminine, right? They have this ingrained thing in them where it's, they want us happy, they want us shining, they want us full of life force, a lot. 
And, and so they will give up a lot of things. They will compromise their souls in order for us to be shining and happy. So we kind of have a very similar thing. And you know, you might be sitting there going like, Sabrina, that is not my experience at all. I'm talking about very generic, very broad terms overall. That's very, very true. It's very true. They don't want you a tsunami. They don't want you upset. They don't want you angry. They oftentimes have no idea how to not make you angry. So some of them have just given up after years and years and years because they haven't figured out that if they just stood there, held you lovingly, you would shift in five minutes or two minutes or one minute anyways. But they, they like, ah, I don't know what to do with that, right? And that's part of the whole of societies, what aspects of the feminine are acceptable. What, you know, right? The, the good girl, the mother, and the, the soft lover. You, you know, like what aspects of the fullness of the feminine, how much is accepted in your particular society, your family, your, your life, and your world. Okay, um, my dear friends, I, let me just see what time it is. Let's do one more question, we've got three minutes. Let me see if there's anything else. Um, um, oh, Kelly, awesome. The book is called Transforming Trauma um, by Carolyn Mace and James Finley. Thank you, woman. Uh, I don't see any more questions. Okay. I don't see any. Um, it's probably because I've scrolled like way down to the bottom. Oh, here's one. Um, able, available. Um, okay. So here's Cynthia. We'll save a, a goodie uh, for the last one. This will be our last question, and then we're going over into workshop in Inner Circle. So how to address a father in their 80s that has over and over not been available through acts, like he is so great and present. Um, though, sorry, though acts. Um, so he's basically an unavailable um, masculine, unavailable father, and acts like he's great and he's present. So here's for all of us all of the time. One, it's to stand in your absolute truth. So as much as I could give you some advice on this and some different things to do, one is first and foremost is what is my truth around this? What, what is my truth? Here's another one. What is my soul contract with my father? What, and to get really real about that, not what are my family obligations, what does, does he expect? What do I feel like I need to do out of my own sense of obligation to my father or to my family? It's getting to that really high level and going, what is my soul contract here? What is my soul contract with this person? Just because they brought us into this life doesn't mean that we become their caretakers when they're 80. It doesn't mean that our soul path is to have um, communication with this person every single day of their lives, right? So I don't know where your relationship is with your father. I don't know how much you're in his life or, or, or any of that, but I think that is first and foremost the question that we need to ask. Um, just because they are our parents or our siblings doesn't mean that we have um, soul contracts 
that we're, we're, we're feeling obligated to or tied into. So that's first and foremost. The other thing that comes is us really owning. The only thing that we can do is own our part. That's it. That's it. I cannot ask my mom to change. I cannot ask my father to change. All I can do is own my path, own my awakening, own my stepping into my truths, my fullness. Own, if my father asks me a question or my father starts to say like, I'm so great and I'm so present, I might say, dad, that's not how it feels to me. Always owning it from my standpoint, not challenging his, right? I'm not gonna say, dad, you might think that, but you're not, right? Like that's defenses 101. He's gonna get armored up, defensed up, and we're not gonna get anywhere. So it's talking about self, right? It's always bringing it back to self. Like, Dad, I actually feel like I would love for you to be more in my life. Or, Dad, I, it hurts me that da 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 right? Like, get to the guts of what you're feeling. The deeper our truths can be, the deeper they'll go to their truths, right? And, and to not... I mean, this could be like 10 podcasts worth, but to not challenge them, like to, and this is with anyone, not just like our fathers who are 80 years old, but this is also women. Like you can't come up and like just battle the defenses because you'll cause them to be even stronger because they will be feeling like they're attacked. When someone feels like they're attacked, imagine they're like a wounded animal in a corner especially men, especially men, right? Especially these older men who have these older patterns. They are a wounded animal in a corner and they will fight. They will fight. They will defend their lives, right? And they will take you out. So it's not about making them feel like a wounded animal in a corner. It's about going, this is what this does to me. This is how I feel. This is about, because it is ultimately about you. It's totally about you. This is about you. This is about how you feel. This is how you feel. This is your opinion. I mean, at the end of the day, unfortunately, the whole world is our perspective and our opinions on it. So let's talk about it like that. Let's talk about it from that standpoint. And when we communicate from that standpoint, it's a whole different ballgame. It is a whole different ballgame. Um, so Cynthia, sister, I hear you. I see you. Um, I've got some seriously like patriarchal um, men in my family as well, and, uh, and it's, I, I just, I hear you, I know it, I, I feel you, um, and I hope that helps a little bit. Okay, uh, thank you all so much for being here in Circle. Uh, we're going to come back in about probably two weeks. We've got a workshop this weekend in Australia, a live workshop, then we'll take next week off, and then we'll do a podcast, uh, like kind of that first start of February. So hopefully I will see you on the lives then, and if you want to go to the workshop, in Inner Circle. I will see you in about 10 minutes. All right. So much love to you, sisters, and so much gratitude for the co-creation of the space, for our group, our Facebook group, what you all share, for the podcast, and just everybody being on the podcast, and the blogs, and the comments, and the lives, and um, really just welcome the interaction, really welcome the feedback, really welcome topics that you may want to explore. Uh, let us know. Let us know. Uh, it's about us co-creating the space together. Okay. I love you, I love you, I love you, and I'll see you all soon. <laughs>